Christmas mood. Let's sing together. Come on. voices today with us.
Through you the kingdom comes. Through you the battles won. Through you I'm not afraid. Through you the price is paid. Through you there's victory. Through you my soul sings, I am free. Yes, I am free. I'm no longer a slave. 
child of God. Come on, church, lift it up. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Precious Lord, in your spirit, we just are in all of who you are, that um, during this uh, time of the year, as we wind the year down, we tend to look back at a lot of things that we didn't accomplish, that we had sought out to do. For some of us, it may have been just a, another frustrating point of loss and pain and suffering and whatever it may be, God. We may be entering this season um, with some grinchy attitudes, but whatever it is, God, we know that. You are the answer and that your son came into this world. And, and Lord, we just pray for your return. So, God, as um, we take this time just to, to praise your name and, get, and just to focus on you, we give you thanks for all things. And just ask that your spirit talk to us during this time. As now we're going to celebrate and focus on Advent, which means coming into the world, our second week. And we're going to focus this week on love. And so, God, we, greater love has no one than this than you. That you sent your son and you sent him to die and lay down his life. 
your name we pray. Amen. All right, you may have a seat right now, and I, I want to draw your attention. Today is the candle of love, and we will light that candle and, um, and just watch the video on love. We're stubborn and sinful hearts gone astray. We're plagued by the shadow of sin. And beauty be found in the mire and the clay. Would you come? Would you come once again? Star and angels gave the sun. Bow to babe on bended knee, the Savior of humanity. Unto us a child is born. 
Pray that you may put your Holy Spirit upon the guests and tithe and multiply them for your kingdom here and around the world. And we give you praise in your name. Amen. At this time, our children are going to head to our Haven Kids Ministry. And everyone else, just say hello to each other.
was it? Yeah. Oh, that was the, uh, I think the iMac was doing it. Good morning. This morning's scripture is Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. All right, at this time I want to go ahead and lift up some of our prayer requests for today um, that we have here. Um, uh, Jen Lagullo has asked, we have a stack of them today. Uh, Jen Lagullo asked for prayers for Benjamin, who has an interview tomorrow at 1030. So we want to lift him up in your prayers. Um, for Taylor Dixon... For um, our boyfriend's family, as they just lost a loved one, and to be there for them um, with the hand of God during this time and their hurt. Um, Donna asked for prayers uh, for Johnsy's uh, mother, Sylvia Underwood, who uh, broke her leg when she was going down the stairs yesterday and will need surgery. And she's in Christiana, so pray for her. Dave and Ronnie Smith for um, their stepsister, uh, Becky recently diagnosed with lung cancer. So we want to lift her in your prayers. Uh, Liz Ashby for her neighbor, Mary, who has surgery and recovery from brain tumors. Uh, Emily Hewitt, Hewitt asked for prayers for Susie Kiefer. Um, she has an infection and asking for healing. And uh, Susie's father also passed away. So we want to um, pray for healing in that, um, in that uh, family as well. Marge prays for 32 children who will receive gifts from Operation Christmas Child. Um, Joanne and uh, Joanna and Ron, uh, be with my sister and brother-in-law. He lost his mom on Thanksgiving Day. Prayers, uh, Joanna Shea, prayers for Jim Thompson, as Jim was admitted to the hospital last night. And prayers for Donnie and Jason, both in recovery, and for all people for peace and joy during this holiday season as well. Um, also, uh, Scott and Jen has asked for prayers for Ensign Joshua uh, Caleb Watson and the two other airmen who were killed uh, senselessly at the Naval Air Base in Pensacola. And I know that their son is also um, in, that, in that area. So what I ask, if you didn't get those prayers in, to please go ahead 
and just write those down. We'll make sure we get them by the end of class and then also do that online. Let's go to the Lord in prayer if we can right now. Heavenly Father, um, we, we come to you and we have a lot of prayer requests today. We have people from all kinds of things, from loss, whether it be senseless uh, death and murder, or whether it just be from an illness, whatever it may be, we know that people are really struggling during this time of year with any kind of loss, and it just seems so uh, more prevalent and real. And so, Lord, we, um, we ask that you be with them. For those who have surgeries and cancers and brain tumors and diagnosis, it just seems to stop the world around them and jolt them. God, be uh, very real to them and just help them to go ahead and l- just lean into you during this trying, trying time. Uh, for, for all those prayers that we have and all those uh, avenues that we're just not sure where tomorrow we bring, God, we, we just pray that your hand and your guidance and your love will be with us during this holiday season, that um, for those who uh, are feeling lonely, that seems to be a theme that I hear a lot, God, just give them your presence. For those who are just struggling with whatever it may be, God, just let them know that you're there, and we will give you the praise, the honor, the glory, and all those things that you so richly deserve as we seek you during this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, welcome. We are on week two of Christmas at the Movies. Um, And so this week, I had the joy of watching multiple Grinch movies, okay? Um, So I see some Grinches around here, not just in behavior, but in shirts. Um, But we, we do have that. Before we get there, there's some things that we want to touch on. I do want to um, give a big thank you. We had 88 stockings for soldiers that went out, um, and that went out to them, and so 88 soldiers will be receiving those uh, those gifts. Keep in mind, for youth, there is a youth Christmas party here today, um, and we mentioned about Angel Tree. That is fantastic. Parish Foundation will be December 15th if you'd like to help out there. And also next week, um, in case you want to know, we like to keep everything above board. In case you want to know where your finances and things go, we're going to have an after church meeting that gives you an opportunity to see those things. And there are some really neat things. We had a board meeting uh, this week, and it was really cool to hear our board um, be really thrilled about uh, the stuff that we're doing in the community and the larger world. Um, So that is open to everyone after church if you would like to connect to that next week. And then you have your insert. Yes, believe it or not, we're getting closer, aren't we? So um, we have Christmas services. This is for you. You can jot it down, but you can also take it and give it to someone else. Um, It's a great time. People are looking to connect somehow on on Christmases. So December 22nd um, will be our last week of uh, Christmas at the movies. The movie will be A Christmas Story. Okay, um, one of my favorites. Um, And so we'll have that. Um, Next week will be the Polar Express, uh, and we'll talk about that one. But on the 22nd, um, we will be there again. There will be Sunday school available. And then Tuesday, the 24th, Christmas Eve. If hopefully you have all your presents by then, may not have them all wrapped by then, 7:30. Um, But a family-friendly Christmas candlelight. And we are going to celebrate that here at 7.30. We always have a really good time. It just kind of puts the final point on that season and say, okay, now that we've got all this kind of stuff, let's just focus on Jesus and who he is. So, um, so we're ready. We're here. We're trucking down, right? Anybody feel like it? Does it feel like Christmas? No? Does it feel like it should be about July or something like that to me? But anyway, it's a little bit cold for that. All right. Last week, we uh, got the, the joy, right? Wasn't that what we had? We had the joy of knowing him with Elf. Remember, I know him. Anybody remember that from last week? 
Um, if not, go ahead and check online. We'd love for you to connect with that. Elf, how many watched Elf this week? Okay, I watched it again the fifth and sixth time this week. So uh, watched the uh, movie Elf, and we talked about joy this week. This week, we're going to talk about a hairy green guy, and we're going to talk about this book right here, and which was turned into several movies, um, the guy whose heart was so small, um, and it changed, that he wanted to kill, he wanted to steal, he wanted to destroy Christmas, and that would be The Grinch, okay? We're going to talk about The Grinch today, and I think this is one thing that everybody's at least seen one of the movies, right? How many of you seen the cartoon? How many have seen the, uh, the, uh, the Jim Carrey version? You know it was put out in 2000? Don't you feel old, okay? Um, and how many saw the one last year? All right, a little bit less, but you saw that. So, but, um, and if, we, if, you know, if you're like me, uh, there are some people that you walk around around this time of year that would make a good Grinch. They're not as green, not as hairy, but they are just as small-hearted. Am I right? You know some of those people. So in 1957... In 1957, Dr. Seuss came out with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the book. And, uh, you know, you got to love Dr. Seuss, one of a kind. Um, And he starts by, every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, what? Did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Anybody know any people like that? Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. Or it could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. The Grinch, I said, nobody liked Dr. Seuss, right? And and the Grinch that we are going to talk about today is, yes, in 1957, Dr. Seuss wrote this book, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, and because it caught on so well, it's no mistake that in 1966 that they came out with the next cartoon, and you can see that cartoon up here, the one that's become famous, uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, with Boris Karloff, who was the uh, narrating, and honestly, he was not the one who sang it, Um, I can tell you about that later, but it became a Christmas classic. How many of you remember days before VCRs and internet feeds where you could not wait? You had to be in front of your television to see The Grinch, all right? Um, In 2000, as I said, Ron Howard, uh, Richie Cunningham, or Opie, went ahead and directed a movie starring the top star of the day, Jim Carrey, with his version of how The Grinch Stole Christmas. That was the first one. Let's see the next one right here. There you go. There he is right there. And last year, Illumination Entertainment uh, also picked up Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. And um, when we think of The Grinch, we think of many things. Like if it started saying, you're a mean one. You really are a... There you go. You guys could sing it. I told the worship team, I said, we should have practiced that this week, but we didn't. Um, but the person who made that song famous, his name was, ready for this, Thurl Ravencroft. Ravenscroft. How do you like that one? But in 2000, let me show you Jim Carrey here as the Grinch. There he is. Um, it took him, per each time that he was getting ready to do a scene, 
eight hours of makeup to be ready to be the Grinch. And you know, when you think of a Grinch, you think of a person who is a Christmas killjoy who wants to stop and just destroy and your happiness or anything that is good with the Christmas season. And you know, I started thinking there have, throughout the history of Christmas, there always seems to be that person. We can go back to 1843, where Charles Dickens wrote about a man who we still use the, him in vernacular, somebody who's cheap and penny-pinching and miserable, and we call him what? Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge. And you know, you can go in any kind of Christmas story or area, there seems to be a Scrooge-like character. And it's no different than in the very first Christmas story, there's a Scrooge character who didn't even want Christmas to happen and wanted to stop it. As soon as he heard from the three wise guys, the three wise men, that there was a Savior who was born and he was going to be king. And this early Grinch, his name was Herod. And in Matthew chapter 2, you can read about him. He wanted it not to happen so much that he went ahead and had all the boys, two years old and younger, murdered and killed. You see, there doesn't seem to be Christmas without a Grinch. And for some of you that are looking forward to family time, say, yep, I know which one it's going to be. And for other of you, you say, yep, that's me. All right? So I wanted to say, what makes a Grinch a Grinch? Besides the green and hair, what makes them that? And then ultimately what we're going to talk about is, what can we do about it? And so in the tooth, we're going to take... I've had multiple choices, as you can see, but we're going to take the 2000 movie because I get a big kick out of how it was played by Jim Carrey to get to know why the Grinch had a heart so small. Even though in Dr. Seuss's uh, book, it doesn't really get into that. He, the Grinch, much like all the other Who's and Whoville, drifted into Whoville on an umbrella like all the others as a baby. He, but he was different than the others. He was raised by a Who family who loved him, but he was different in every way. He went to elementary school, and he had a beard and was made fun of. And he met a cute little girl named Martha May, and he liked her, and she liked him as well. And so the Grinch got really excited when he heard that Christmas was coming and he put together all these metal trash, trash pieces and put together and made her a gift of an angel. And he had this gift for her. But something happened. And let's take a look at what happened. I want you all to look your best tomorrow. You don't have a chance with her. You're eight years old and you have a beard. Has everyone given their gifts? I haven't. Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that idiot or his gift. <laughs> Mr. Grinch, please take the bag off. Yes, you take it off. 
Dr. Seuss doesn't attempt to give us the reason for why his heart grew too small. The 2000 movie does. That as a young boy, he had a situation where he, he put his heart out there. And being different his whole entire life caused the Grinch at this moment to be laughed at, to be rejected, and to be isolated, and even felt more alone than ever before. After this, in the scene, he throws the Christmas tree and wreaks havoc, and he runs up the mountain to separate himself and isolate himself from people once and for all because of hurts that he received. And you know, we're no different than that in The Grinch. It's simply the fact that wounds from your past can really shrink your heart. If you look at some of the things, time after time when I've talked to people of all different types of ages, I find out that something that happened to them years ago has left a hurt and a hole in their heart. And they have done many things from becoming bitter and angry to isolating themselves from everyone they may ever knew. We all have a tendency to deal with wounds from our past in some way. Some of us have done this so much with our hearts that we are bitter we have hatred because something happened. It may be like the Grinch. It may have been our school years that somebody said or did something. And we, I've seen people form their whole entire life just to get back at somebody who doesn't have a clue what's going on and to live for that and that way. Or maybe it's a family experience where you received verbal or physical abuse and it's left scars that no one can see. But it's put up these walls around you that there's no way that anybody can get to you. Or maybe there was a time at work, excuse me, <coughs> thank you, all right, um, or there was a time at work where somebody did something and took credit for something that you did or, or treated you away, or maybe it was a teacher one time that mentioned something and said something that changed the whole aspect of your life, or maybe it was a coach or some other individual with something that you were part of and you overheard something. They may not have even said it to you, but you overheard it. Or maybe it was somebody that you were in a small group with at a church that they said and did something, and it hardened your heart or caused your heart to shrink a little bit smaller. We all have wounds in our lives, if we're honest. And we have to be careful because those painful areas tend to come up at the least point that we want to see them. You know, what I've also found is when we recognize, and right now some of you may be getting a little bit nervous because you are naturally looking at some of these wounds in your life that you've had for years. And when you do that, you will do anything to shut them out. Many of us will go ahead and do anything to shut out the sound, the pain, or what have you. That's why in many times we have things like addiction. That's why we have things um, where people live lives uh, with all kinds of other things to just forget about the pain and isolate themselves in certain areas. And you see, the Grinch was no different. Let's take a look at this clip about when he remembered that hurtful moment because of the Who's singing in Whoville. 
Above the whole town, a trip or a slip, you'd slide all the way down. But this girl had a mission. She knew what to do. She'd invite the Grinch herself, <coughs> that brave Cindy Lou. <coughs> Is he trying to drown it out? Many of us do the same thing. We will do anything to shut out the pain of things that's going on there, the droning that is in the deep part of our soul due to something that happened at one time. The Grinch's experience caused him to just do exactly that. And so he made himself alone and isolated, but he still can't get away from it because as he's asleep, he hears the who's singing, and it connects him back to that point. And at first he's like, and then he remembers the pain. And does anything to drown out that sound and that pain. But no matter how much we try, whether through addiction or isolation, or we may even go the other way in extreme pleasure and danger, we tend to run aimlessly through life just trying to cover up whatever painful wounds of our past. And they always seem to manifest themselves a little bit. You see, wounds will lead to several things. They'll often lead to egoism and self-focus and cause a small, a small heart to shrink even smaller. And then we say, if it becomes about me, then I can protect myself. I can be lonely like the Grinch. His heart was hardened. It was confused. It was frustrated and there was no joy. Where do you find yourself today as we all have some wounds of the past? This season tends to bring that to the forefront. When people sing joy to the world, some of us may not have joy in our life. When some of us sing jingle bells and mistletoe and holly, maybe we didn't have the courier and I's perfect picture at Christmas growing up. And it reminds us of things that we don't want to experience. But the bottom line is that's not where God wants us to be. And God promise us, promises us a new heart, a new heart in them. I want to share with you this picture of the Grinch and Cindy Lou Who. Everybody knows Cindy Lou Who? You saw her walking up the, uh, walking up the, uh, the cliff there. And Cindy Lou Who saw something in the Grinch nobody else did. She asked questions about him. 
And she, the whole story is about her reaching out to the Grinch and bringing the whole story, story together. Well, in 2000, a young girl, and this one right here, there she is, cute little Cindy Lou Who, was played by a young girl named Taylor Momsen, who later co-starred on the show Gossip Girls, for any of you who watch that. Can't say I ever have. Um, but watch that. She got her first start at this age doing a shake and bake commercial. Let's look at her. Isn't she adorable? Some people are like, what's shake and bake? Explain it to them, all right? Okay, shake and bake. It was an attempt for fried chicken that was not fried chicken, right? We got it. All right. But let me go to this quote that Taylor Momsen has grown up, and she's in her 20s. And she says this. My parents signed me up with Ford Modeling Agency at the age of two. No two-year-old wants to be working, but I had no choice. My whole life, I was in and out of school. I didn't have friends. I was working constantly, and I didn't have a real life. Does that sound to you like somebody who has some scars in her life, some wounds that are there? Well, let me show you a picture of Taylor Momsen today. Taylor Momsen is the lead singer for a very hard punk group named The Pretty Reckless. And they had an album several years ago in 2013, which was titled Going to Hell. And it says, Father, did you miss me? Been locked up a while. I got caught for what I did, but I took it all in style. Laid to rest all my confessions I, I gave way back when. Now I'm versed in so much worse, so I'm back again. For the lives that I take, I'm going to hell. For the love that I make, I'm going to hell. Getting heavy with the devil, you can hear the wedding bells. For the lives that I take, I'm going to hell. For the vows that I break, I'm going to hell. They wrote a new song recently in, many year, in recent years that was called Heaven Knows. And it says, heaven knows that I need to go down way, way low. Down below is where I belong. You see this Cindy Lou Who, the shake and bake girl, who had so much, I hope, has wounds in her life that have made her feel that she is going to hell no matter what and is comfortable with it. No matter what happens, that's where she's headed. You see, we all know someone who's lost their way in this path called life. And when we see a Grinch in our lives, usually we ask the wrong question. We ask the question, what's wrong with you? Rather than asking the right questions, which are, what happened to you? And what can I do for you? You see, Jesus never answered anybody with what's wrong with you because he knew what was wrong with every single one of us. He recognized that there was this chasm called sin that he came to pay for. And so what I want to do is I want to share a few brief moments of the things that cause our hearts to grow very small. And then we're going to talk about hope and how we can get a new heart. Okay? Sound good? So the first thing that can cause us, our hearts to grow small, is this. Competition. Competition. Competition can break your heart. Uh, let me just ask a question. How many of you decorate a lot of, outside your house? Go ahead. How many of you do it because you love to do it? How many of you do it because the neighbors do it and you don't want to look bad? 
I used to put those plastic people out, which Melissa hated, um, and I liked because everybody says, what has he got plastic people out for, okay? And it was bad. Trust me, it was bad. I'm not good like some of those people do. But a lot of times we do that. Well, let me show you this clip from the Grinch, and what this is about is about Betty Lou who who is putting lights on her house, not because she's excited about it, but because she's tired of Martha May Huvier always winning the Christmas contest, and this year she's going to get her, she thinks. Here we go. Your mom must be shopping. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're home. Oh, I can feel it, Lou. This is the year when everybody asks who has the most spectacular lights in all of greater Whoville. They're going to cry out, Mrs. Betty Lou Who. Isn't this the chandelier from the dining room? It's all for the cause, dear. Oh, and Cindy, could you be Mommy's little helper and unscrew the bulb there from the refrigerator? Because somehow I missed that one. God. <laughs> here, Martha May Cuvier has the best lights. Well, not this year. This year, I'm going to beat that prim, perfect little Chrissy Betty. Hi. Martha. My, I've never seen so many beautiful Christmas lights, Betty Lou. Well, I'd blow every fuse if I tried to keep up with you, Martha May. Isn't this antique darling? It's handcrafted and almost 100 years old. I really can't. This, however, is new. How many of us wish we had something like that to decorate our houses and show the Martha Mays in there? We all struggle with the Martha Mays in our lives, don't we? We've all got them. We all have them. We, you know, we may not get it for decoration, but we may get that postcard of that perfect family. They look perfect. You know what I mean? They're on a nice beach somewhere, and every, all of them are smiling. And you're like, if we took that picture, we would have to, you know tie our kids and duct tape them and smiles on their face. You know what I mean? We'd have to do that time and time again. They all have the perfect gifts. They have the perfect life, it seems. And I want to give you five quick words here to think about, about when we think of this whole thing of competition. Media. We see TV ads. Are you tired of seeing that someone gets bought a Lexus for their Christmas? I'm not going to get a Lexus, no matter how much I hope, right? Um, and social media, you see all these wonderful things there. Or another word, money, that there's more financial challenges that exist here. Margin, how many feel like you don't have time to do anything, and some of it may be good stuff, like go to this party, that party, that house, visit that person, do this, and you're like, no time, no time. And you can't do what you want to do at all because of that. Family, some of you may say, yay, it's a great time to get family. Some of you say, eh, family. Right? Or fitness. How many of us, we say, Al, get to the gym tomorrow. And we sit and we watch the Grinch for the 50th time eating all kinds of good stuff, right? 
So we end up with this whole kind of thing, and competition begins to rear its ugly head. But that's not the only one. The other one is that I could have made the whole sermon off of this, consumerism, consumerism that we have during this season. I found some statistics for this year. Um, There were 27.1 million real Christmas trees sold in 2017. Nearly half of all uh, Americans don't buy Christmas decorations, but would like to receive them as a gift. There you go if you're looking for something, all right? Um, 46% of people have lied about liking a gift. And just to let you know, 51.4% of women have lied about it, men at 35.5%. So um, 47.4% of women polled say they would like to have jewelry for their gift. 32.3% of men say, just give me a gift voucher and I'll be fine. Uh, 60% of people like to buy uh, their gifts online. Um, 76% of United States uh, customers buy their gifts online. 23% of uh, shoppers uh, rely on social media to give them thumbs up or thumbs down. In 2018, U.S. households spent an average of $1,536 during the Christmas holidays. And if you go to resales uh, in 2018, surpassed $1 trillion at the Christmas season. Current research pegs holiday spending about $1,000 per person. But there are regional variations. And you're going to be so glad that you live in Maryland. Because residents of Maryland and Utah spent twice the national average of anybody else. Maryland won the record. Way to go. Let's hear from Maryland. $2,241 an average they spent during the holidays. The lowest was West Virginia at $60. Go Mountaineers, all right? (laughs) I guess they were all bad and got a lot of coal, all right? Um, 22% of Americans believe their Christmas spending will leave them in significant debt. 62% buy their gifts the week before Christmas. 51%, and Melissa can relate to this, for me, buy gifts for themselves too when they're out buying gifts for others. You see, we get so caught up in $1 trillion of stuff. Some people actually sell their stuff to buy other stuff for people. Let me just stop and say that. You get rid of your junk to buy other junk. Welcome to consumerism in our world. The sad thing is these stats may not be negative in the approach, but we tend to focus on Christmas as more about stuff than it is Jesus. You remember Cabbage Patch Dolls? Do you remember Tickle Me Elmo? Do you remember Furbies? Go to somebody's house, you can probably buy that at a yard sale now. When people fought each other, moms and dads, over a stupid cabbage patch doll. And, and the little thing goes, <laughs> right? Do that to me. I'll do it for a couple bucks, right? <laughs> Matthew and Mark, excuse me, Mark 8 says this. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit the soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I could focus on this the rest of the message, but I don't want to. What I really want to focus on is the word hope. 
the word hope. And you may say, Jack, with all the stuff you told me, I don't think there is much hope. I saw the news. I see what's going on in this world. Really? Hope? But if we take Galatians 4 seriously, and it says this, but when the right time came, you know, God is a God of perfect time. He's never early. He's never late. But he's a perfect time God. God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. You see, when all was lost, God came after us. You see, hope is this. This is the definition of hope. Hope it is an emotional state which promotes to believe in a positive outcome related to the events and circumstances in one's entire existence or life. Dr. Barbara Fredrickson, a principal, here's, here's her title, ready for this? Principal investigator of the positive emotion, emotions and psychophysiology lab and professor at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Imagine getting that on a business card, all right? Here's what she says. She said, hope comes into play when our circumstances are dire. When things are not going well, or at least there's considerable uncertainty of how things will turn out. Hope literally opens up and removes the blinders of fear and despair and allows us to see the big picture, thus allowing us to become creative and have belief in a better future. That's why we need hope more than ever today. Because when you talk to people, I'll talk to my classes, I say, how many of you believe in the American dream? And not one person raises their hands. How many believe that the government in our country, regardless of party, has the best interest in you? And people constantly say no. And that's the world we live in, that people don't believe that there's any such thing as hope. But we need to hold on to that, because if we look at what it says in Proverbs 13, it's a great Grinch verse. It says, hope deferred, which is despair, makes the heart sick or makes it small. But longing, but a longing fulfilled, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. That's what hope does. So what kind of hope do we have? We have the hope in more. Now, one of the cool things about, I remember about Christmas is Say I went and grabbed a package when I was a kid and opened it up and it was socks or underwear. I had hope because there was more under the tree. You know what I mean? Anybody done that? I told you last week. I ruined it for you. But when you open up that present, that it's a good box you open up. It's got that, like, even that nice foil paper. You pop that sucker open. You look at it and you go, oh, yay. But then you go like, you ever seen kids when they open something they don't like? Next. There is hope that there's something better in the other packages. And have you ever hidden a really good thing and watched them get at the end and go? Hoping that there's something more that's there. Well, I'm here to tell you, don't just look at the packages of this world. There is something more, and his name is Jesus. You see, the more presents, the more food, the more parties, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking not about more stuff. But we're talking about, that, not the stuff that shrinks our heart, but we're talking about a God who wants to fulfill our lives. So much so that he gave this promise. And here's the more that he gave us in John chapter 10. When he said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So what makes the abundant life? The hopes and dreams that come true. When God answers prayer. When God lives out your, your passions that you have. 
The more the faith and the trust that you have in God, the more freer. And then there's not only a hope of more, but there's a hope of acceptance. The Grinch is all about acceptance. It took a little innocent Cindy Lou Who, who's not tainted by the prejudices that exist in Whoville when it comes to the Grinch, that she didn't judge a book by its cover to see the worth and potential that resided in a Grinch and to accept him. Cindy Lou Who, even in the movie, nominates the Grinch for Whoville Cheermeister. And they ask her why, and she says, because he needs it most. So who is that in our lives? Who needs to be accepted and loved? Who needs that hope? I was thinking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know what I'm talking about? You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen? Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen? But do you recall the most greatest reindeer of all? Remember Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Had a very shiny nose. And if you ever... You would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer. And they wouldn't let him play in any reindeer games. You know how bad that is? You ever watch the cartoon when his nose comes out and Santa goes, that nose, that nose, right? Rudolph's a misfit. They even have a song. Why am I such a misfit, right? What did he want more than anything? To be accepted. When you see people in this world, don't say what's wrong with them. Ask what happened to them. And chances are in their life, nobody accepted them. And I'm going to give you a really big secret that's not a good secret. Even the church didn't accept them. Matter of fact, maybe the church was the one that was worse in accepting them. When I see, last week we talked about everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so there's a little bit of Whoville in every one of us. That when we see somebody, we, we start to Grinchify them. Yes, I just made that up. When we need to love them and let God clean up the mess. Rudolph was out until one froggy Christmas Eve. Santa said, hey, Rudolph, I need you, buddy. Rudolph should have said, stick it, Santa. (laughs) But he didn't, did he? Then how the reindeer... Man, they are just so waffly, aren't they? They need to give a talking to about being nice to Dasher and Dancer, right? There's so many people. Look at this. The greatest sign of acceptance comes in Romans chapter 5, where it says, God showed his great love for us by sending his son to die for us while we were yet sinners. And that proves God's love toward us. God unconditionally accept me and all my sin and all my mess. And Cindy Lou Who did the same thing with the Grinch. She didn't see him as he was, but she saw him as he could become. God sees you not how you are or not what people tell you or what, or what you told that created those wounds. He sees you in who, his child and who he knows you can become in him. The Apostle Paul was just like that. He was murdering Christians, rounding them up. But Jesus saw something different in him and said, Saul, you are going to be the greatest influence on the early church that I could ever have. So what do we need? We need a new heart. If you're feeling pretty grinchy from something, you need a new heart. 
And at this point in the movie, the Grinch has snuck down and stole everything, stole the lights, stole all the presents, and said, yeah, now they're going to be miserable. I can't wait to hear the weeps, the weeping and gnashing. And let's look at what happens here at his point of greatest victory of Grinchman. Then the Grinch heard a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sounded merry. But it was merry, very. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. <laughs> He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. <laughs> Mr. Grinch! And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas. He thought. Doesn't. Come from a star. Maybe Christmas. Perhaps. Means a little bit more. What happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. What's happening to me? Stay inside. And I'm leaking. 
You didn't know the Grinch became Pentecostal, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, look at what happened here. The Grinch, it, it was, he, he came in contact. All that pain at that moment went away. Because a lot of times what we do, we get saved, but we never deal with the wound, let God deal with the wounds of the past of healing. Like we can, we can get saved, we can know the Lord, but we never let him heal us. You see, the Grinch at that moment got healing in an area that he needed. It transformed his heart and his life. He was stuck in where he was time after time, no matter how good she was, Cindy Lou was to him, and he finally got the picture. And there's so many of us that even though we may have come to know Christ, we may have gave, given him our life, we are stuck in the pain of our past and never get out of that situation. So very quickly... Let me tell you how we get a new heart or transformed heart. New hearts are given. They're not gained. You can't do ABC to get a new heart. There are no rules to change. You can't have enough willpower to change. How many of us have said, I'm going to change my heart. I'm going to be nicer in 2019. How'd that work out for you? You can't do that on your own. And what it says in Ezekiel, let's go back to a promise buried in Ezekiel, which says this. It's a promise from God. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. David, when he messed up royally, felt distant from God. And Psalm 51 said this. God created me a pure heart. And renew a steadfast and right spirit within me. Notice that God is the one who gives it. Second thing is, new hearts are replaced, not repaired. If we're honest, we live in a culture that likes very quick fixes. We want magic pills for everything. Anybody tried to diet and want that magic pill that just takes all, everything away? It doesn't do that. But we need a heart transplant. When the spirit of God takes over in our lives... We begin to see things and begin to experience things differently in our hearts. Begin to grow and grow. In Romans chapter 8, Paul said this. And if the spirit of God, of, the, of him who raised Jesus from the dead, is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also because of the spirit who lives in you. The last thing here is hearts are cultivated in community. It says, and what happened then... Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light and brought back the toys and the foods for the feast. And he, himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. You see, the Grinch got full healing in community. And that's what church is to be about. It's to be about community. And as the worship team comes up, I'm going to go ahead and close this out by giving you one verse. And I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of it. And there was a man who was a paralyzed man. He had some friends 
some friends who wanted to get him to Jesus because they believed and they had hope that Jesus would heal them. But when they got there, there were so many people around that they couldn't even get near where Jesus was. So they took their friend lying on a mat. They climbed up on somebody else's roof. It happened to be Simon Peter's roof. And they got to about the place where they knew Jesus was, and they ripped the roof off. I always wonder what Peter said during that moment. Uh, Jesus, my roof. You going to do something? They ripped off the roof, and they lowered the man at the feet of Jesus. And look at what it says here. It says, and they lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus did what? Whose faith? Theirs. You may have that person, that Grinch in your life, who their life just seems to be paralyzed. And it seems like there's no way you're ever going to get them closer to Jesus. Anytime you even mention it, anytime you even talk about praying for them, anytime you talk about anything, they cut it off. And sometimes you just need to be the friends to have enough faith to believe that if you help rip off some roofs in their life, you can help lower them to the feet of Jesus. And what we say is Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And he healed him. And he told the man, take up your mat and walk. There are some people who just need to walk, who need to have a Grinch heart expand, but they need you to be the ones to help rip off some roofs. They need you to be the Cindy Lou Who's of today. They need you to make a difference. So where do we find hope? Psalm 39. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My hope, my only hope is in you. And may you be the one who brings a Grinch that has their heart grow so they can carve the roast beast at your table. Amen? Let's stand up. Let's worship the Lord one more time in song today. As always, we do have uh, people that are ready to pray with you, um, so feel free to do so. not hidden there's never been a moment you were forgotten you are not hopeless though you have been broken your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true, I will rescue you. There is no distance that cannot be covered over and over. You're not defenseless. 
I'll be your shelter, I'll be your armor. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. no matter when time of year or anything it would be, God is searching us out. Even if we're a Grinch up on a mountain with a dog as a reindeer, it doesn't matter. He loves you so much. Just hear that today. Have a great week. Next week, the Polar Express. We'll see you here. God bless.